This information is subject to a disclaimer at the end of this podcast. Please ensure that you listen to the disclaimer and go to www.ubs.com for further information about UBS. Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning into UBS's Global Research Pod Hub, a channel that shares insights from economists, strategists, and equity analysts on the pivotal questions and events shaping today's markets. Welcome. In a previous episode, we had spoken to our analysts in Asia and Pacific about how a China reopening impacts their sectors. In this episode, we're going to have the same conversation with our sector heads in Europe and in the US. So let's begin by getting a bird's eye view of how much China matters for European markets with Jerry Fowler, head of European equity strategy. To what extent have China reopening hopes been instrumental in this outperformance by Europe? We have a narrative radar that helps us assess how important various macro narratives are in driving European equity performance. It helps us to see what has been, is, and will be the most important things to watch. And Chinese growth is usually among the most important single variables. But recently, this has actually become a less important factor than usual. This is in part because the reopening we expect in China and the way the market is pricing it is that of a narrow consumption-led recovery without a broader property or infrastructure investment recovery. What has also risen in importance relative to China is the interplay between recovering growth in Europe versus an expected US recession, the convergence in monetary policy with the ECB hiking faster than the Fed, and also the commensurate rise in the Euro to which many European companies' profits are sensitive. That's interesting, Jerry. So how would you assess the extent to which China reopening hopes are already being priced into Europe. And where are we today? Is it fully priced? Is it somewhere half priced or is it not priced at all so far? We have our baskets of European companies most and least exposed to Chinese growth. The first is to compare this long short performance to the change in the Chinese import PMI. We found that even if the import PMI bounced 10 points, our basket has already performed about 50 to 70% as well as it should. So the China reopening is pretty well priced. Secondly, at a sector perspective, China exposure in Europe comes mainly through the materials, industrials, and consumer discretionary sectors. So far, all of the relative performance in our China exposure baskets has come from the consumer stocks in Europe. These companies may still benefit from a long summer of Chinese tourism to Europe, but we aren't expecting much catch-up from the materials and industrials companies while this is a narrow consumption-led reopening. Thanks very much, Jerry. Now let's try and understand how China is going to influence global prices and inflation. China's own inflation is going to pick up, we think, to about 3% by the middle of this year. So nothing like the inflation delta that we have seen in the US or in Europe. Remember, China has not had the same supply bottlenecks as some of these other economies. But to what extent can China influence prices globally? Energy is a key part of this equation, and we're going to speak with Henri Patrico head of European energy research. Henri, China's demand for energy, both crude oil and also natural gas, is well below trend. Do you think we will see a full recovery as China reopens? Yes, I think that the Chinese uh, demand recovery can be material enough to move energy prices. I mean, we have China making up roughly half of the global oil demand growth this year. And for global energy, it makes up about a third of global demand growth. So this is very material, especially because in both cases, we have quite a tight market. Global spec capacity for OPEC is currently towards the lower end of the usual range. We don't see that improving this year. While on the gas side, Europe has lost Russian supply and is much more reliant on LNG than it used to be. 
And to what extent is this going to have an impact on global oil prices and global nat gas prices, respectively? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think we see more of an impact on oil prices. Um, the first reason is what I just mentioned, that we see China as a larger driver of global demand growth in oil than gas. That's because the reopening of China has a more material impact on, on oil demand as it relates more to, to transport. In China, gas demand is more than 50% related to industrial use. Uh, and also China has other options when it comes to nat gas supply. Domestic production makes up half of the demand and is growing. Uh, and there's also the option of um, more pipe gas, including from Russia. Um, so that's why we have LNG recovering only of half of last year's drop in 23 and returning to normal level of um, imports only in 2024. And the second reason is that we have a bigger buffer in European gas storage now um, and so get great competition with China for LNG as a potential to drive prices higher uh, but unlikely to, to put Europe in a, in a tough spot. Okay Henri, let's make an assumption that half of the decline in China's nat gas consumption reverses so we see half of the demand coming back. To what extent will that tighten nat gas markets in Q2, in Q3, in Europe and in the US? To what extent could prices move? And also assume that China's demand recovers fully. In that case, what would you say happens to prices in Europe? Yeah, so when it comes to European gas, I mean, in the near term, second quarter, third quarter, European gas demand should drop seasonally. Usually European gas demand in the summer is about 50% lower than in winter month and we refill storage during that period. Um, so when it comes to you know, the Chinese LNG um, imports, reversing half the decline in 23, that's about 12 BCM. Um, and in this scenario, assuming a normal winter, we see European gas storage exiting the winter at a bit more than 50% of, of capacity. Now, if we see Chinese LNG imports fully returning to normal this year, that's another 12 BCM roughly uh, coming back, which is equivalent to 12% of European gas storage. So you'd be a bit below 40% in Europe by the end of March 24. That is still quite far from the critical level that we see around 15%. You need to see a combination of this further increase in Chinese energy imports with colder weather than usual and a further reduction in Russian gas supply to Europe for storage levels to get close to that 15% by March 24. That's interesting, Henri. So where does that leave us in terms of our forecasts uh, for oil and for natural gas? What are we expecting this year? Yes, I'll start with the um, outlook for crude prices and we forecast an average $90 per barrel for Brent for this year with a weaker start in the first quarter at $85 per barrel and then we see an increase to $95 per barrel in the second quarter which is driven by a, a combination of uh, the demand recovery and China reopening in particular and on the other hand a reduction in uh, Russian um, supply. Then we see prices slightly lower in the second half at $90 the bowl as demand growth normalizes and focus starts to shift to potential increase in OPEC production. Uh, then on the gas side, that's where prices have moved below our forecast so far, because for TTF, we forecast an average price of 80 euros per megawatt hour for 2023, down from 130 last year, but prices are you know, closer to 40 euros at the moment. Next, let's try and understand what European industrials are pricing in with Guillermo Loyo, head of European Industrials Research. Guillermo, so that's exactly the question to you. To what extent are European industrials already pricing in a China recovery? 
Thanks for the question, Vanu. Uh, the European capital goods sector started to expand its multiples in September 2022, which we believed was a combination of drivers impacting the sector overall. Amongst these variables impacting the sector, we believe trophic living indicators in Europe and China, as well as incoming macro data, was taken as a relief after the sector's mid to high single digit underperformance versus the market in 2022, which lasted until September. Then the recovery in sentiment movement was exacerbated in 2023 by two factors in our opinion. First, the China reopening hopes, and second, the better than expected order intake and revenue momentum in the sector at the fourth quarter 2022 results stage with so far a better than expected growth expected as well for 2023. To answer your question, Vanu, we find the sector valued between 11 times and 12 times 12 more rolling forward EBIT on average, which is somewhat above the 10 times long-term average, but remains below both the long-term historical peak of 13 to 14 times and the last five years average in the mid to high teens in terms of EV valuation. Now, Guillermo, let me ask you, can the near-term and medium-term outlook for European industrials be strong if, as John Lamb says, China is not going to see a big recovery in its property investment? And as Tao says, China is not going to see a big recovery in its manufacturing investment. So where does the demand for European industrials from China come from in that case? China was extremely dependent on property growth trends in the thousands, but throughout the last decade, we saw how infrastructure and industrial manufacturing trends started to be more meaningful for the European capital goods sector. Property has been indeed extremely weak, driven by COVID and fundamentals in the sector throughout 2021 and most of 2022. And as we wait for the decisions out of the central government meetings in March, for now, we don't expect that that segment in particular will be a meaningful driver of the European capital goods sector in the foreseeable future. And in fact, we expect a 20% CAGR decline in property investment until 2030 from 2021. Briefly, Guillermo, a slightly different question. Where's China on the electrification and automation trends? China is a major driver force to the segments such as industrial software and robotics, as well as discrete automation. In addition, and focusing on electrification, probably the most relevant factor is the strong dependence to carbon and fossil power generation in China, hence China's push for gas, nuclear and renewables. All that will be in need of a material amount of infrastructure spending, which will be also falling into transmission and distribution of power with a significantly better efficiency of distribution and transmission going forward. Thanks very much, Guillermo. Now let's move from European industrials to US industrials and have a chat with Steve Fisher. Steve, to what extent has China reopening been a factor in how your stocks in US capital goods and broader industrials have performed? Thanks, Banu. To frame the performance, the US industrials as measured by the XLI are up about 25% from the lows in September 2022 compared to the S&P 500 of roughly plus 11%. China reopening is one part of the narrative that's been supporting the outperformance. But there's some other factors as well. The companies have supportive backlogs and thus good visibility to earnings for much of 2023. Easing supply chains are allowing for upside to production and revenues. Cost pressures are abating and are actually falling in some categories such as freight and certain materials. When combined with price increases put in place in 2022, that's driving margin expansion. 
Also, as PMIs continue to fall, there have been some investors trying to position for the bottoming and subsequent positive inflection, but, but no doubt there has been some optimism around the potential for a China rebound. Commodity prices are an important driver of industrials, and the assumption is that China reopening will support oil and gas, mining and ag commodities, driving investment that flows to these industrial companies. Let's next move to Patrick Hummel, who is the head of European Auto Research. What are the main drivers of this view? Well, Banu, we are actually on the cautious side, and that is not because of volumes. Um, in fact, we have been through a period of uh, depressed volumes for the past three years, and actually production rates are improving as the availability of parts is improving. We are worried about pricing. Uh, we think the industry is moving out of an era of undersupply into oversupply. Better availability of product, meeting lackluster demand, uh, that's not a great combination. Uh, especially for the car makers that uh, have really made good money in the past three years, despite these low volumes, just because they enjoyed unprecedented pricing power. Um, so that's where the bulk of the market cap uh, of the sector sits in, in Europe. It's the car makers as opposed to the suppliers. And uh, with that negative view on pricing power for the car makers, uh, we're on the cautious side. So will China move the needle on this view, Patrick? Will China reopening create a pickup in global auto demand? China reopening should be good news for the global car market. China is the world's largest car market and the positive demand um, impact here certainly helps also uh, from a global perspective. However, uh, we have to be very clear, the growing part of the market in China is the segment of new energy vehicles, mostly the all electric, the battery electric cars, uh, which means the combustion engine cars are the shrinking part of the pie. And unfortunately, most global OEMs are underrepresented in the growing part in EVs and overrepresented in the shrinking part in combustion engine cars. So um, we think in the premium and luxury end, um, the global OEMs will benefit more from China reopening because this is where local competition is less intense. Whereas in the mass market segments, um, the volume brands, this is where competition is extremely intense and where the global OEMs are likely to continue losing market share. Let's now move away from the industrial sector towards the consumer. Now, Obviously, as China reopens, there's going to be a revival in consumer spend, including in tourism. And let's speak with Susanna Putz to talk us through what that means for the European consumer. As of today, the sector has re-rated uh, year-to-date by roughly 10% on the back of investor optimism about China. However, we see significantly more upside to earnings, in excess of 20% on average, on cautious assumptions. As such, we do not think the Chinese luxury recovery has been priced in at this stage. What does the data tell you, Susanna, today? Have you already seen that revival, or is that still in expectation stage? And what are you expecting through the course of this year? The answer is not yet, because Chinese consumers are only slowly resuming to travel abroad. The Chinese consumer, once the dominant force in the sector, has significantly underperformed other clusters in the last few years, with its share of the luxury market dropping to an estimated 18% of sales in 2022, versus 33% in 2019. This has been driven by the COVID-related restrictions in China and the associated lack of outbound tourism, which pre-pandemic accounted for over 50% of Chinese luxury consumption. But this is why we believe that the sector offers an, a long-duration play on China reopening, both locally and abroad. We forecast roughly 30% sales growth in China in 2023, 
which is still basically flat on a two-year stack, so rather conservative, despite a double-digit start to 2023 so far, especially that tourist spending is usually a net benefit for the sector. So the full degree of upside will become clear only once we see Chinese tourists back in Europe. Thanks, Susanna. Let's speak next with Andreas Bockenhauser, who is from the commodities team and is focused on base and bulk metals. Andres, what are the team's views on iron ore, copper and nickel? And to what extent are these driven by China's reopening process? Thanks, Banu. So industrial metals prices have rallied 10 to 70% since China's reopening headlines hit the tape in early November. But while there's been select supply disruptions supporting copper prices and seasonal tightness supporting iron ore, Overall, the rally is mostly driven by hopes of a meaningful China construction recovery in both property and infrastructure. However, our China infrastructure team estimates a 5% nominal increase in infrastructure FAI this year, which from a materials demand perspective, adjusted for construction cost inflation, results in flattish metals demand. And as for property, our China property team estimates a 9% decline in property completions and a 14% decline in starts, which, short of major construction stimulus, should put downward pressure on metals prices into the back half of the year, possibly even sooner in the second quarter. Thanks very much for your time. This content has been prepared by UBSAG, its subsidiaries and or affiliates, and is purely informational in nature. It is not investment research and does not contain an investment recommendation, nor investment or professional advice. It is not an offer or solicitation to engage in any investment activity, and you should seek your own financial, tax, and legal advice before engaging in any such activity. UBS has no responsibility to you in relation to this content and has no regard to your personal circumstances or investment objectives, and receiving it does not imply any form of client relationship with UBS for any legal, regular or tax purpose. This content is not intended for distribution into any jurisdiction where to do so would be contrary to law or regulation. UBS does not accept any liability over the content of such material or reliance upon any information contained herein. The views and opinions expressed by any guest speaker or third party are not those of UBS. Accordingly, UBS does not accept any liability over any such views and opinions expressed by such persons. This content is the valuable intellectual property of UBS, and UBS specifically prohibits the redistribution of it in whole or in part without its prior written permission. Copyright UBS 2023. The key symbol and UBS are among the registered and unregistered trademarks of UBS. All rights reserved.